Hello, good morning, good afternoon and good evening, wherever you may be, and welcome to the Jackass Cast, Season 2, Episode 1, brought to you by Cornergas Fan Corner, or www.cornergasfan.com, if you haven't visited the website before. If you have, or you've listened to the podcast previously, then you'll know that we speak about Corner Gas, Canada's finest comedic effort to grace tellies all around the world. In this podcast, I talk to cast and crew and get their behind-the-scenes stories and shenanigans and talk about any other projects that they might have been involved in or have coming up. And it's hopefully a good time for all. Now, this is season two. And what you're about to hear was actually recorded before Christmas, so December 2019. And I wasn't going to bring any episodes of Season 2 out at all until I had at least six episodes recorded. Now, I haven't had a great deal of luck getting guests booked for this season. It's hard work, because I'm just a fella, I'm just a fan, essentially, who records this thing in his garage. I'm not a member of the press and I've been trying to get hold of people outside of the show who have been involved with it, uh, who are maybe guest stars or something. Now, internally, in the workings of Corner Gas, the the main cast and and some of the writers and such like, they, they do know of me and what I do and they've been very supportive and very helpful and lovely, lovely people. Other stars, I suppose celebrities... Uh, they don't know who I am from Adam, so why would they talk to me? And I'm sure they're all lovely, and, and I may have luck. There's things, uh, irons in the fire, there might be something happening in the future. But anyway, uh, because of that, I wasn't going to release this episode, or the one that's going to come up in a couple of weeks' time. But we're all locked down at uh, time of recording. We're all stuck indoors, avoiding the coronas. The dreaded lurgy is out to get us. And uh, hopefully you're being sensible and staying in and listening to my dulcet tones. So I I thought I'd bring this out just to help you relieve the boredom, if nothing else. So my guest today is the wonderful, loveliest person, Nancy Robertson, who plays Wanda in Corner Gas, as you know. And we had a great time. I've spent the most part of three days cutting out giggles where we were laughing at each other. It was lots of fun. So anyway, sit down. Uh, don't go anywhere because you can't. And hopefully you enjoy my little chat with Nancy. Thank you for talking to me today. I really appreciate it. Oh, no, my pleasure. I was thinking it was about two years almost that we first spoke when you were doing press for the first series So. Animated yes, show. yeah, that, that was we were in Toronto doing press, yeah, yeah, and I was deadly nervous because I thought I was going to get in trouble because we just ended up talking about telly the whole time <laughs> about what English. Did you Why wouldn't you? <laughs> Trust me, you're not going to get in trouble. <laughs> <laughs> it, was, it was like I was I was all nervous and uptight about it, and uh, I had all these important. Pulitzer Prize winning art questions that um, all, all set up. And then we start talking about Broadchurch and Midsummer Murders and the, yeah. I'm going to get in so much trouble. <laughs> no, no, no. Listen, that's my, that's my thing. I mean, that's, uh, there's something about, like we've talked about before, the British programming and a lot of them, there's a, uh, A, there's comfort in a lot of them. And also the cinematography in a lot of the, you know, the mini series and everything that are coming out. It's absolutely stunning. They're beautifully shot. And and I think it's because they they kind of do 
I think what they do in Canada, which is similar, they they shoot less episodes, but put all money into the into the few episodes and just blow it out. It seems to me, anyways. So yeah, absolutely. Yeah, I, it becomes more apparent when you get to see more, like I don't know, American shows and shows from other countries, and you see you tend to appreciate what you've got already. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. But that said, I think I probably watch less English shows now than I ever. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have time. I'm too. I'm so busy with the site, and I have to keep watching old episodes of the show just to get my head around what I'm writing that day or something. You get nightmares of us in your head. <laughs> Kinda. <laughs> At the beginning of the year, I did. I had an idea to do ask fans what their favourite scene was from any episode. Mm-hmm. And usually getting people to take part is really hard. Nobody wants, they're all keen as mustard and you tell them what you're doing. Oh yeah, I can't wait to read that. Okay, okay, get involved. So what's your favourite thing? And they all disappear. I wonder why. I don't know. It it baffles me. From the get-go, my plan was to have as many people get involved, right? things send pictures you know pictures of jumpers and nan knitted or anything doesn't oh, really matter her. originally i wanted to try and bring the show to Eng- england or show the process of how that might go about because mm-hmm. i knew that i couldn't do it on my own there's just no way if i asked phone the bbc i said like, can you bring corner gasser thank you very much Come on. <laughs> uh, that was that was that wasn't going to happen but maybe if i sh- made like a project of it say well this is how it works mm-hmm. uh, then then in the, in the process in, introduce it to more people and i thought maybe a half a dozen people would read and it, it was just more to keep my mind occupied than anything and then it sort of blossomed into this whole other thing that took over my existence <laughs> <laughs> and um, so I, that's why i wanted i thought well i get more people involved it takes the pressure off if nothing else but it just it's never happened really there's a little hardcore fan base yeah deeply that they really love you guys and they're very supportive of what i do and there's three in particular i just recorded last week christmas episode of this podcast and it's a quiz show Uh uh, to find the biggest fan in the world basically and it was (laughs) (laughs) it was won by a guy in new jersey called andrew and he he's he's a really nice guy and there's a guy called bill who's in ontario and sharon as well and they all send their love well, thanks um, to them. I will do, thank you. But there is, there's this little handful of people. It's been tricky. So when I did this sort of best scene thing, I was convinced I was only going to get like a handful of of scenes sent to me or emailed to me. And it went mad. I had hundreds, hundreds and hundreds of them. So I ended up doing the top 100 scenes rather than the top 10. And it took me about three or four three months i think it was to finish it and i was just constantly watching the show trying to because a lot of people would say i like that one when nancy rolls her eyeballs uh, <laughs> um, okay it was literally that that sparse of information and I, I i found it eventually but there's loads like that it took so long and i was i thought i was going to have a nervous breakdown <laughs> Oh, no, I don't want you to do that. Jeez. Oh, no, I, I, I emphasise it wasn't that bad, but it was. Yeah. It was it, I was so glad when it was done. I really was. was but it, I got, I think it was about almost 10,000 people read it. Or it was in four parts. Um, so, And I'm just about to cross 50,000 lifetime reads. It's taken three years. So That's incredible. <laughs> you work harder on the show than we do. 
I love writing. It's that's what it's all about. Like this at the moment, Christmas is my favorite month because I do as many posts as I can, and I write a parody every year. And I first one I re rewrote was the night before Christmas to be a corner gas story. Mm-hmm. But obviously you have to hit the right notes so everyone recognizes the poem as well as you can't just rewrite and say it was yeah. before Christmas. So I did that, and then last year I wrote How the Grinch Stole Woolerton. Same thing. Nice. It, was all about, it was all about Oscar and Oscar's trying to stop ice hockey match coming to Corner Gas because Woolerton always win, and he had mm-hmm. a bet on, and Emma was going to kick his ass, and so that was it was great, but nobody read it. And this oh. year, this year you star in it. I'm doing oh. it. It's a Wonderfield life. It's a <laughs> well done, well done. I'm but gonna was... have to read that. I was going to do Die Hard originally with um, Davis getting stuck in pipes and things. But you can't do a pun on the title. It's hard to do a pun. So and then I came up with that. That works. I'll go with that. (laughs) Perfect. I thought maybe that's the whole that sounds to me like that's the writing process in general, I would think. Yeah, absolutely. But that's mainly why why I do. Obviously, I, I love promoting everything, but I just like writing. I always have done. And it's what I should have done for a career. But. I took a long time. Exactly. That's kind of why I, when I first came out to Vancouver um, to see Brent before, Mm -hmm. that was me on course correction, basically. I was, I was having a rough time and, uh, oh, we, we, we had, I won't bore you with the details, but it was the end of five years of pretty much hell. With my auntie, then my dad passed away, and blah blah blah. I was so fed up. And Joe said, joked about going to see the show, and she said, go, go and, what's going to see the show and and have a think about what you want to do and i said well i can't change my job anymore at the moment i'll start writing i'll do a site maybe i'll do a site about corner gas and oh yeah it's a good idea and then i'll just see what develops from that it's worked out nothing big's come out of it but it certainly helped not yet i mean who's to say i mean i think that's the best thing about writing i mean i don't it's you know the one thing if you're on screen and you know, you're just kind of dwindling away. But for a writer, I think, I mean, that can happen at any time for you. I, I mean, you don't know. No, None of us know, right? Yeah, what's up, exactly. What's around the bend. So I think as long as you, you know, keep at it and everything, you never know what can happen. That's right. Yeah. And if you I, don't do it, you know, nothing will happen. It, yeah, it, that's exactly that. You've got to put the effort in. Mm-hmm. Um, I mean, this, this year I taught myself how to write a screenplay, more or less. That was Fred's fault because <laughs> i went to dinner with him when i came over a year ago yeah and we came up with this idea between us just we were just messing around in this bar annoying waitresses because we weren't ordering we we're too busy talking <laughs> and i thought this is actually a good idea and this last year i i wrote it so i have a finished screenplay with first draft anyway and waiting to hear whether it's any good or not fantastic <laughs> that's a massive accomplishment right there like that's that's fantastic yeah i'm assuming that there's a lot wrong with it there has to be because it's my first attempt and i've taught myself and have i done it right is it any good you want some advice and everything but first draft it's first draft for a reason yeah exactly you know yeah. because that's you, you know you're just basically putting it out there you've got some nuts and bolts in there and then you fine-tune it from there so i think that's really impressive that you did that Oh, thank you. Thank yeah. you. Yeah. But enough about me anyway. I'm banging <laughs> on. <that. laughs> 
what are you watching on telly these days? <laughs> what am I watching on telly? Well, I, I've surprised myself. I am not somebody who likes scary films or shows or anything like that, but I started watching Castle Rock uh, oh, yeah. from the Stephen King short stories and some of his, you know, his full-length stories, and I'm completely drawn into it. And so we're finishing up the second season of Castle Rock. I'm surprised how much I'm enjoying it. Not that yeah. I would think that the writing wouldn't be good or the performances or anything like that. It's just not my thing. But um, yeah. because the performances are so fantastic, I'm right into it. Because I, I follow one of the writers on that. Actually, Mark Bowden, I think his name is. He he does a podcast with Kevin Smith quite regularly. Oh, and, uh, okay. Yeah, he he's he's very good. He's he's he, I forget what else he's written as well. He's, he's worked on all the superhero things, I think. And I think we might have it on a... Um, amazon via an add-on like uh, subscription right so I, haven't, I haven't seen it myself yet i like stephen king i like stephen king short stories i think they're fantastic i think mm. and they're the ones that are probably easier to make into films or shows yeah because you can fit everything in like shawshank redemption was a short story and mm -hmm. stand by me originally all, all the really good ones yeah uh, the longer ones like carrie and i'm, I'm not that fast i don't mind a horror i shall certainly put that show on my list yeah, it's. I think it just kind of pulls you in because it it is really well done, and it's not like nightmare thing. It's just, it's just a little disturbing, but it's not. Uh, it's just really well done. I think the the stories, the way that they've kind of combined, there's like little Easter eggs from all his other stories in there, and he didn't write it, but he, but they're based on his stories. So you, yeah. you know, like there's a big red car that comes down in one scene, and well, that's Christine, the car, and. Oh, right, it sounds yeah. like I'm a huge Stephen King person, but I guess I am because I really like the stories. My brother was obsessed with Stephen King. Well, still, is. oh, really? Yeah. And I suppose they're so in, in popular culture. Everybody, you don't have to have read the stories to know what they're referencing. I suppose. Yeah. yeah. Because you could just ah, oh, that's that one that was in that film, maybe. And yeah. It's interesting you saying that about the quality of the show. I mean, mm -hmm. everyone says we're in a sort of a golden age of television. Mm -hmm. being, being in the industry do you see that change at all oh absolutely absolutely i think because was I, I would think it's because it's just my opinion because of the streaming services and there's just so much opportunity well because it's not on network that you can go further and it's not necessarily further into like you know like the sexual and swearing or anything like that but you have there just seems to be more freedom in it and not to say that I don't still watch network. I do, you know, it's, but they're just two different things, but yeah, I definitely see it in the quality. People are investing more into it because people I think are staying in more. They're not yes. going to the theater, which I still do. Cause I love to do that. But mm -hmm. I think they're just investing. They're putting the money that's maybe would be going to a feature film, but it's, it is a feature film. It's just not in a theater. So yes. the, it is, I think the quality is really kind of, exploded in it so which is kind of which is fun to see but it's a little bit frightening because you could sit there for four or five hours and not move like i just i wonder how our bodies and cholesterol levels and yeah. <laughs> everything like that are going to be changed due to the streaming services everyone's got you know? deep vein thrombosis <laughs> yeah yes absolutely we're gonna have to wear like those uh, compression socks while we're watching now i've asked for some for christmas as uh... <laughs> Stockings in your stocking. Huh. Yes, they, look, they look fine in a pair of plus fours as well, I find. <laughs> Good to know. <laughs> <laughs> Do you 
do you think the streaming thing has has affected it in terms of uh, being an act, actor or actress and and does it give more opportunity or I think more so if you're American, but there's a lot of stuff that's being shot here that's streaming that's opened it up. I, I think I've got two things coming up on the streaming networks. There's a Disney film that I did, Flora and Ulysses, and that's now going on the new Disney streaming plus. I did a, a fun character, which I'm, I can't really talk about apparently because it's, it's, it's a Netflix animation. Oh, that, right. Yeah, and it's the Willoughby's, and that's coming out on Netflix. So there is definitely more opportunity. But as far as, I mean, there's tons of work in Vancouver, and it just, it's really good for crew, really mm. good for crew, and actors as well. Obviously, there's there's a little bit more opportunity. But I think for, well, I guess, I guess I'm coming around about saying that, yes, I guess so, because there's more things being made. So by doing that, then that in itself increases opportunity yeah because yeah, that well, was a jumbled way of getting around that that's <laughs> all right I, I thought i'll edit it all that would be fine <laughs> bless you. god bless everything <laughs> editing like, and lighting yeah absolutely yeah. that's that's why i don't put the video element out because i hate myself i hate pictures of myself and i i film in the garage and it it makes me i'm english and pasty as it starts with, let alone with the fluorescent tube over my head <laughs> hey listen i'm uk inside and out so i my my skin is so fair you can see the blue <laughs> so, translucent like me it is two two weeks two weeks in the sun to go from clear to to, to pasty <laughs> yeah to rosy cheeks and that's yeah. about it yeah i i know you have a, a history in, over here in england mm. you, you got family connections I believe. yeah my uh my grandfather uh, was from he was born in London but then spent his, his younger years in Plymouth and then came over when he was about I don't know I think 10 my great-grandfather went off to war and stayed in France a little too long so we think oh. that he had started another family there but then sent oh. his family from England over to Canada and my grandmother from Lancashire oh right yeah so have you have you visited all those places no and i plan to it's funny i'll go we we go to you know to, to england quite a lot and because i love it there it just feels like home yeah. and i grew up with everything because my mom's parents were british that you know we had all these british habits so when we always watched tele you know british television that was on masterpiece theater because that's normally where you would see it back then oh okay up. and um so we grew up all around it so it feels very homey and comfortable there Where's your favorite place? I love London, I have to say, you know, mm. but we want to venture out and spend a longer period of time at some point. But it's hard with uh, Oliver, who's right by my feet, so I don't want to hurt his feelings, <laughs> you know, because he's a big dog and I'm not putting him into, you know, into the carriage zone of a plane. There's no way. He's like our child. So, so yeah. there's time for that. Way yeah. down the line. <laughs> <laughs> I went to London I used to go every, I'd go twice a week, uh, two, three oh, times really? a week. Yeah, well, I, I used to do stand-up myself. And oh! Years ago, years and years ago. And uh, obviously it was the only place really I knew to, that I could maybe find an open mic or something. Um, and while I was at uni in Northampton, I used to travel down on a on a Wednesday, on a Sunday, and sometimes a Tuesday. And I'm from London anyway, originally. And I had all these landmarks everywhere. I, I knew, <laughs> I knew, I know, I still know the West End pretty much like the back of my hand. But jump forward about 25 years or so, 
and the last couple of weeks I've been twice, which is the first time in, in a couple of years. I mean, I don't get to go very often now, and it's changed so much. Oh, I can only imagine. All those landmarks have gone. They're redeveloping everything. And it's it's kind of a shame. I still love it. I still love it, Eddie Atma, especially this time of year. Yeah, uh, yeah. yeah. It, it's really, I love the Christmas atmosphere. Yeah, we were there uh, in London last year for Christmas. Oh, yes. I remember seeing the pictures. Yeah. yeah, yeah. You, were, you weren't far because you put a video up on Instagram. You mentioned something about Hampshire. And I, I'm in Hampshire. Oh, you're kidding. Yeah, yeah. I, I, I'm not far from. Have you ever been to Portsmouth? Been around it, like seeing the yeah. signs to Portsmouth and everything when we're out there. Yeah. Yeah, I'm, I'm about 20 minutes outside of Portsmouth. So an hour by the train to, to London. Portsmouth, I was telling Brent, <laughs> Portsmouth is very, it's got, we've got the birthplace of Charles Dickens. Who I'm a big fan of. Oh, well, there you go. Um, yeah, his, his birthplace is like a museum down there now. We've got the HMS Victory, Nelson's boat. Mm-hmm. Mary, the Mary Rose, because it's all dockyards, old historic dockyards down there. So the Mary Rose was Henry VIII's flagship. That what's left of it is down there, and the Warrior. And there's all this history, but the town itself, right shithole. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> but, it, but it's a historic shithole. <laughs> well, you see, that adds the charm to it. Because if it's just yeah. a shithole without anything historic, then it's just a shithole. But if you've got some historic, out, yeah, you know, accoutrements of, alongside of it, then it's, you know, it adds the charm. Yeah, all, all around the outskirts. And then, then the, uh, the, the the coast itself is nice, but you get a little bit further into it. Yeah, it, it's all a bit deliverance when you're <laughs> looking. Oh, at good to know. <laughs> but yeah, definitely. The, the, if you ever get a chance to go down there, the, the, the dockyards are brilliant. Really interesting. Loads Absolutely. Of Especially Christmas, they do a Victorian market down there. I would um, love that. I think I think this year it was sort of themed around um, Christmas Carol. They had people wandering around in the garb and stuff. It was it's yeah. really nice, lovely. It's really lovely. Yeah, so that's roughly where I am. I sit. I've, I had a point. I've lost my point. I'm, I'm terrible. I'm sorry. I, I, I go oh, I'm off. I'm no help. <laughs> I tell you what. So, so theatres. So London, full of full of West End theatre and whatnot. Here's a massive segue for you. It's how professional I am. <laughs> um, okay, I, I on your Instagram account, you sing all the time, and it's wonderful. <laughs> Very funny. Is that? Do you have you ever done musical theatre, or would that be something you'd like to do? Well, Ian, you heard me then. I don't think. (laughs) I like just I like to like joke sing, silly sing. But yeah, you know what? If there was a fun musical, just that where you didn't have to be a good singer, yeah, I would have a blast doing that. (laughs) You know, I'd love to ham it up and do something like that. I love to be stupid. (laughs) <laughs> you and me both yeah. I get in trouble for it I'm a I big fan of silly yeah so it's just, life's too short not to be I think I absolutely agree there's one you put out oh I can't remember it's a while ago now it was one of those apple emojis that moves when you oh, oh I, uh, I, I literally sang a Christmas song <laughs> I, I was crying at that. I thought that was so good. I watched it over and over. <laughs> I had a friend of mine that, who had uh, s- um, said that um, they kept rewatching it because their daughter was just horrified, but yet <laughs> wanted to keep seeing it again. And it was frightening. And it, it's, it's, she says it's wonderful. And 
awful at the same time, her daughter. <laughs> I thought, I have done my job. I have yeah. done, I've covered the extremes. Have you ever done theater then in general? Yeah, I have. Yeah. 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 I, uh, I started off doing a theater, went through what the, uh, the Arts Club Theater group here in Vancouver and then did lots of what they call the fringe plays. That, right. uh, uh, lots of fringe festival plays and everything. And then eventually got into improv, which is a form of theater, but this form of theater paid and it was an evening job. So it was it was a great thing to do because I didn't need a day job. I can audition. I could do lots of other things, but yet do three shows a night if I wanted to in the evening. You worked in Vancouver Theatre Sports. Is that, yep. uh, that's a massive breeding ground for talented folk. Some people won't know the difference between theatre and, and improvised theatre. How, how would you explain that to somebody? Well, I mean, improvised theatre, the way that we did it at Vancouver Theatre Sports, there we didn't do a lot of, like, the improv games that you see. They were a lot of what we would just call open scenes, where it's just from nothing into something, and you build it, get your beginning, middle, and then and an end, and, and not have any kind of hooks to it. You know, right. like speaking on one voice or somebody up doing your arms. And I mean, if the show was tanking, yeah. <laughs> you might have to pull some of those out. Yeah. But it was basically you were making up small scenes of a play as you went along. And um, I always would say that you're writing, directing and, and acting in something off the top of your head. And yeah. they would last each scene, you know, they would round it up about four minutes, four or five minutes. I think oh, okay. that's what it was. And then, so, you know, so, and it was one of those things. It was how the sh how the scene ended. It could start off brilliant, but if it didn't have a good ending yeah. and the audience would rate it at the end. Right. Oh, right. Yeah. So it was how you finished it. Because or you could have the worst scene going, but you find a good way to end it. And then you'd get these high scores. So it was always the ending that seemed to how you wrapped it up. The scene seemed to be yeah. the most important thing. Oh, OK. So do did they were they not necessarily comedic? Because I always assume it just they're always going to yeah, be. Yeah, no, I mean you. That's what the audience was coming there for. Get down to the theater. I mean, as much as sometimes you would try to experiment, and then you're thinking, well, they did. We did sometimes do just a straight scene, but not that often. And it right. also depended on the audience and everything. But you had to you had to remain somewhat grounded in the scene, so. We always used to say that you have to create this reality. And in this bizarre reality, it has to be normal for you in it, no matter how bizarre it is. Like yeah. I remember one scene that I had to be um, in the stomach of a goat or something. <laughs> but it had to be it had to be quite fine and normal for you to be in the stomach of a goat. A well, goat. So you just make the, you know, a lot of uh, improv gets teased, but it's it actually really is a very difficult thing to do yeah. well. And when you and when it goes well, it's fantastic. And when it crashes and burns, it crashes and burns. So there's no kind of middle ground. So it's fun. It's exciting. It was exciting to do. That's something that I always assumed. You think like a stand-up could do improvisation easily. And you look at somebody, I don't know, uh, Robin Williams or somebody, an mm -hmm. obvious example. And... It obviously got natural, but it's but for most it is something completely different. And it is because you're performing, you know, and you you are you're becoming characters, and the, and the humor and the entertainment arises from <clears throat> the characters that you make up. So 
I think you have to have a strength for doing characters. It's not just saying funny things because it has to be, in fact, we used to get in trouble if that's all it was, was just saying sunny, funny lines of dialogue. You had to oh, make an entertaining scene and the humor should come from the absurdity of it and the characters that you do. So it depends on whether you're good at doing or comfortable doing character work. Right. That's the difference between the stand-up and the improv world. They're, they're quite different. You mm. know, sometimes they meld. But in yeah. general, they're quite different. Yes. I've known people when I, I was trying to do stand-up as well, they'd be like, oh, I could do that. And then you just see them go up and fail horribly. I think I tried it once, like an open session or something. I don't think there was mm -hmm. even an audience there. And I, oh, it's horrible. Really quite, I didn't enjoy it at all. <laughs> it is fearful at first because you are literally flying by the seat of your pants. You're not working on rehearsed material or written material or anything. It's all happening in the moment. I loved it. The, the mm. more frightened, well, I wasn't frightened, but the more, I'm better when my back's up against the wall and right. where you got to kind of go big or go home. And so I, I loved it. And, and it didn't hurt when it crashed. I found it funny. <laughs> you know, like if it, we knew when it's just tanking, we just, yeah. you just know it. I mean, you try to save the ship, but you just, yeah. you can't. No, that's it. If it's going down, you might as well go down gracefully and yeah. keep and keep absolutely. the band playing well <laughs> absolutely and, and you know and just wipe it off and get up there and do it again so and it's very helpful for auditions and stuff because it is acting it's performing and it's and so if somebody asks you to do something different you're not thrown you're not going in overly rehearsed you're you know whether it works or not is is one thing but you're not it doesn't shake you when they ask you to come in with a different yeah. take or something like that so there's a lot of really I'm really happy for the time I spent doing it. Do you get to use that knowledge when you're working, like, say, on the show? Or, or Definitely. You... Yeah, I think yeah. so. Yeah. I think sometimes you learn the difference of when you're improvising. It's not just to say something funny. It has to go into the scene. It has to make sure that it's it still fits the scene and what your character's doing. So I think I've improvised. Well, I've, I think I've, I've improvised in anything I've done. To a oh, certain right. Degree. Yeah, yeah. Except... The the animation, the animation oh. is different because I'll throw some, like we throw something in. Don't get me wrong. Like we'll throw in our character speak sometimes. That's not necessarily written, and it doesn't have to be because we did that all the time on live action too, where we have a sense of how the character, you know, instead of somebody is something as minor as saying, you know, the character says yes. Well, maybe we would just switch it to yep, you yeah. know. Little tweaks and stuff like that that are more comfortable because we've spoken the character and help help create it like the writers and the actors we created that like these yeah. characters as they went along so it's but it's a little bit tighter because we don't have the physicality that adds to any form of reaction to it yeah. that you yeah. in your character respond to yeah there's lots of things physically that was improvised and you know I mean not lots but that's what you do as an actor all your physicality is yours. Yeah. You know what it, I mean? Yeah, of course. Absolutely. Yeah. Because yeah. it, it um, I think that's probably one of the things that comes up on my site a lot. If anyone's got a gripe between the live action show and the animation, mm -hmm. it's because of that physicality. Yeah. It, it's missing to a certain yeah. degree. I mean, the animation's fantastic. Well, oh, they do a great job. They really do uh, with the animation. But yeah, I mean, as from the actor's point of view, it's really fun to do the animation because it's heightened. 
It's really fun to all be in a room. It's like doing a live read through of a script that we used to do or that you do when you're working on something, you you have a read through. So these actual recordings are like our read throughs. You know, we go back and we do different takes and, and various things like that. But the physicality isn't there for us. I personally miss that, you know, but I love the animation. I could do this for a long time you know, for the series to, to do the animation. But I do feel, you know, because so much a part of the character is the physicality, but we created it. And the animators, I think, are doing a really good job with her research by utilizing what we had done in the series and putting things in. And, you know, it's, it's I'm really impressed with the whole process. Yeah, sometimes I just want to move. Like I find myself kind of. Oh, yeah. You so know, you're the mic and you're. The, yeah. <laughs> oh, we all are. We're all moving. In front of the mic, we're all physically doing stuff. Yeah. Actually, now you, now you mention that, I remember seeing a few pictures here and there. There's one of, I think, there's yourself, Fred, and Gabrielle, and you all sort of looks like you're singing. We did but, that as a joke. Oh, really? <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but we all, every, all our arms are moving, and we're, you know, there is physicality. And if somebody bursts into a scene, like you know, you take a step back and you burst to the mic, you're doing your own physicality that you would do as the character, but it's just the voice that you're hearing as, as we're doing it. We have these great voice actors um, that are, that their main bread, uh, bread and butter, and they're so unbelievably talented with the different voices that they can use and everything that they do, that because this was a live action first, and we're doing it, and we as the live action actors are coming in and doing voice, I find we're more physical in the room because we feel these characters we've done them for years and we helped yeah. i mean it was our physical choices that were yeah, became in these characters so i find that we move a little bit more to yeah. to get the the emotions out of them and these voice pros they just do they look at you and go oh. <laughs> well, they just, i mean they're so talented they can i mean they're doing multiple different voices from you know a drowning turkey to it's amazing because i haven't seen the show yet i haven't seen the animated one yet what um, no, I did get sent two episodes when we, when we spoke last, but they were geolocked, so I, I couldn't open them anyway. So no, I haven't. I've yet to see it. So I'm sure I will soon. I'm, I'd imagine it will make my our way shortly. Oh, I'm sure it will. I'm sure. Like you still have the live action and the film on Amazon there in in yes. the UK. Yeah. But yeah, no, I'm I'm I uh, yeah, I have no doubt that you will be re you'll be able to view it. Uh, yeah. I'm surprised you didn't get some kind of no no I, I, I no i don't I, I don't like to ask either to be honest I, I i don't like to be cheeky and ask for things like that so if, if if it's going to come my way or come my way naturally and i, I don't i don't like to it might I, be I, a network thing like an ownership net network thing that, yeah. that, that you know because worry be, of anything getting leaked or something that's right yeah, yeah. be licensing and all mm -hmm. sorts so, yeah I'll, I'll see it eventually and anything else i just I mean, I feel like I've seen them because I, I read all the... So I have to write about it every so often. Although, that said, I don't write about it as much as I ought to. And every a lot of it's very general <laughs> to, to work my way around the information that I've got. Because hmm. I write about... Like, I write about the voice actors or people. My, my, my real enjoyment out of writing about... I try and pull the, the topics as far away from the show as I possibly can mainly mm -hmm. to keep my own interest so if yeah. i can write about like craig northy came over here with the stephen page trio so i wrote about craig but i did write That's about great. 
Kevin, Kevin, yeah, he played in Portsmouth, funnily enough. I couldn't believe that. That's fantastic. <laughs> 10 minutes from my house. He's the greatest. Oh, isn't he, though? He's just the, such a great guy and so freakishly talented. Yes. Another thing, I play guitar myself as well. And just watching, trying to learn, how do you do? I, I just couldn't even begin to have, have that talent in my fingers. It's just... You it's and me just both. My mom plays the... Uh, played the piano beautifully. My sister played the piano beautifully. Yeah. My brother on the guitar is incredible. Yeah. I, took, I took piano to, like, I think, the third year conservative conservatory. I am god-awful. <laughs> god-awful. And I think, so my dad and I were kind of like, you know, we weren't the ones that had the musical ability. Uh, and uh, and my sister, my brother, my mom, I mean, just really talented. And my dad and I, nah. So one year, my brother bought us matching ukuleles. <laughs> it's a training kit. So we never did get around to it. But so, no, I'm with you. I appreciate. But you yeah. play the guitar. I don't. So Because I, I wrote about him, but then I met Kevin Fox, who plays with him. And he plays a cello. Oh, I love the cello. Oh, you listen to Kevin's stuff. He just, I'd never heard of him before then. I did research him before I went to interview Cray. Wow, what a talent. He gave me one of his albums and he, I can't even describe it really. It's kind of poppy. You wouldn't expect that sort of music coming from a cello. It's, it's mm -hmm. essentially just him and the cello. He's singing and sort of quite laid back. He does covers of Kate Bush songs and oh, uh, wow. And oh, I can't, I cannot begin to recommend it enough. It's good. It's, uh, Songs for Cello and Voice, I think it's called. Into that because I, I, I'm a huge Kate Bush fan, and her with you know, along with the cello. Listen, the cello, I chokes me up. Like I could be walking down to be a market or something, and somebody's playing the cello, my eyes well up. I get oh, choked really? up. I do. It really, that's the instrument that really moves me. It actually just kind of goes into my stomach. It's just kind yeah. of like, oh, wow. Oh, there you go. Loveliest sound. He's 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 a, just amazing. And um, but that that's me. I wrote about him. I wrote about about a few other people because of that, just to try and pull it away. But I like that. I like to try and point the fans in other directions. So marvelous. I, I think I think it's important, especially when I speak to like I speak to Fred and Lauren, whatever, and they tell me how hard it is to get people to watch some Canadian projects or find yep. people to, to, to be interested in what's going on in your country. And do, do you find the same thing? Yeah, you know, I absolutely. But I feel there's a little bit of a shift. Do you know what I mean? I think there's yeah. a little bit of a shift. I think, um, once again, due to streaming, the show apparently is doing really well on Amazon and really well on IMDb. But I'm also noticing there's a couple of articles in the in the New York Times. There was one where they did uh, a nice piece about Corner Gas. Mm. Then they did a fantastic piece on Schitt's Creek and Kim's Convenience. And all these things were kind of, I mean, not in a big way, but it kind of in a typically Canadian way, just in a very quiet but determined way. It's There's little bits of it sneaking in. Yeah. Uh, you know, and... Uh, so it's kind of interesting to see and read about that, which is great. And Letter Kenny, and there's a lot of stuff once again because of the streaming service that's that's getting nice nods. Yes. You know, and so maybe this is just you know it's just like a pinprick into the into the balloon a little you know <laughs> like just trying to kind of seep in 
but yeah. or seep out of the balloon a little bit. I think it's slowly, you know, but I've been told slow burns are better. Yeah. When I think about it, when I've thought about it, looking for things to write about again, actually Canada and uh, has been a massive part of my life since I was a kid. Well, like my, my hero, my, my hero is Dan Aykroyd. One of my two heroes, Dan, yeah. Dan, Dan Aykroyd, is just, I think I discovered him, well, before Ghostbusters, but it was Ghostbusters that did it for me. Right. And, right. and then it was Blues Brothers. Blues Brothers led me on to music, blah, blah, blah. But then from that, there's John Candy, uh, music. Oh, yeah, yeah. Je- Jeff Healy is a big influence on me. And the list goes on. But in, until you look into it, and there's, I don't know, who else? Mike Myers. People, people you think, oh, blimey, you come from Canada too. And it's like all my favourite people oh, my, my entire life. And I've been a geek all my life. Can you tell? <laughs> Listen, geeks get it done. I just like I, I tease Brent about that. Geeks are cool. There, there's nothing. There's nothing bad about geekdom. Smart, and, creative. Yeah, and it's taken over the world now. It's more absolutely. More and it's any- not a negative. Geek is not a negative. No, it's positive. I got told off. Somebody, I, I called somebody a nerd once, just in fun, and I got told yeah. off. Not a nerd. I'm a geek. <laughs> <laughs> sorry the power of words it's lovely that now like you say because of streaming that 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 recognition is starting to to seep into everyone's uh psyche yeah well, I, well it's interesting too because i see how it happens because who would have ever thought that i'm into kind of nordic uh procedural series yeah <laughs> that i find myself just being drawn into them you know, they're all subtitled, but they're all very clean. There's not a lot of fuss about everything. And right. they're very, I don't know. And I would have never thought years ago that that yeah. would have entered. So that's, uh, you know, it's, it's, the world is getting smaller and smaller. For yes, good, bad, yeah. or indifferent. You know? Yeah, it's funny you saying that because that's, again, it's another country where you normally wouldn't. No, would never think, think about it. Watch some of that telly. Yeah. And my mum. She watches all those because she, she's deaf and main part, almost completely deaf. Um, right. And she watches those because of the subtitles. Perfect. And she just raves about them. So, oh, this one's fantastic. And oh, they're brilliant. Some of them are absolutely brilliant. I can't remember the names of some of the ones she's been watching, but they, they put them on BBC Four over here. And I want to get BBC One and BBC Four over here so badly my head wants to blow up. I follow <laughs> BBC One and BBC Four, and I'm like, oh, my God. And then we have to wait because then they translate it most of the time. Sometimes it gets onto a streaming network, but sometimes you have to wait till it comes on Masterpiece Theatre in the public broadcasting system out here. Uh, and right. so it's it's a little bit delayed. So, so I'm torturing myself by following them because I'm seeing their new projects coming out, and I'm like, ah. I can't get this. Oh, well, if you need me to, to record anything, I'm quite happy to. <laughs> hey, be careful what you offer. <laughs> I'll get a TiVo it. I'll stick it on for <laughs> I'll turn the Skype towards the telly. You'll be all right. <laughs> Perfect. But that's great for your mum, though. You know, like what a, yeah. you know, it's something you never think about. Of course, that'd be perfect for her. Yeah, and it's all part of that, that sort of global village we belong to. It's, it's sort of helped her out in a way. One I don't know why it's come to mind, but have you ever watched Young Offenders? No, but I know of it. I think it was on BBC Four. If you get a chance, it's really good. It's it's, it's a comedy. It's about these two young Irish lads. There's a movie originally. 
mm-hmm. and it's based on a true story. They want to get away from their little Irish town, and they some ship uh, crashes on the coast of Ireland. It's full of cocaine, and they decide <laughs> we're going to get some, sell it, and then we'll be millionaires. And they go off on their bikes to go and find it. And then they made a TV show. It's just in its second season now, and it's genius. The performances are just fantastic. Wow. And it's wow. so funny and, and quite um, – there's a bit of pathos in there. And if that comes up, I highly recommend it. That's probably one of the best shows I've seen in a long while. So, I'll uh, for that for sure. Yeah, I think the movie's on Netflix. It, it was. It is over here anyway. I'm going to – we probably have it too then. Maybe. Yeah. I don't know. All the countries are different with what gets brought in, so I don't yeah. know. I was going to ask you about the, the Disney Plus movie you mentioned, and I can't, uh, the, sorry, the titles escaped me. Flora and Ulysses. Yes. I, yeah. read, I read about that a few weeks ago, and it's a bit of a an unusual story. It seems a bit of a, a wacky one. <laughs> you know, it is. But she just, I can't believe I'm being so rude. I forgot the name of the author. But the, the book has won a lot of awards, like a Peabody mm-hmm. Award and various things. And it's wacky, but it it's it takes place... You don't know whether it's a child's imagination or not, but it's not. Actually, the, the script is so fantastic. It was It's written by one of the writers for Arrested Development. Oh, really? He's written a lot of stuff. So it's a lot like it's got a like a really great cast, like Ben Schwartz, Bobby Monaghan from Saturday Night Live. Oh, like there's just a whole ton of people that these, you know, were, were popping in and playing characters and stuff. But the lead actress, Matilda, she is amazing. She was doing a play uh, in New York that I actually saw in London called The Ferryman, which we oh, were yeah. crazy about. It was so good. And they did the New York and they got the, the main cast from London went to New York to Broadway. But the children had to be cast into like, the into the New York one. And yeah. she was in it and got rave reviews. And she's the lead. This is kind of her first big thing. She's just landed a series on the, on HBO. She's oh. amazing. She is uh, uh, Matilda Lawless. She is amazing. And she is the lead and she holds the whole, she is the grounding force of the film and she's absolutely incredible. So I, uh, I play their wacky neighbor, uh, Tootie. <laughs> Isn't it? She's got a, a, a squirrel, I want to yeah. say, with yeah. superpowers. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> But you see where it all comes from as you watch it, you know, like it's a lovely film. I mean, my character is not in it a lot, but it was nice, though, because it was an important character. So they took a long time casting it. So I was honored to be cast in it because she's this character is is in the book. It's not just added into the film version. So I was really happy to do it. And everybody there was lovely in this thing. I don't know how much I can say, you know, like because. Everybody has to hold off on on everything. But I think it's one of these family films that's going to be just as enjoyable for the adults as it is for the kids. Yeah. Because it's yeah. so, the, the writing and everything is so fantastic. That's good yeah. to know. I wrote a bit about it in one of my new things about a month or so ago. And there's not a lot of, there's a synopsis available and a little bit of casting. But not other than that, there's, there's yeah. not there. I yeah. found, I have to sort of, you do strange twisty sort of paths through bits of information on the internet yeah. trying to find little so you, you find lots of different synopsis and there'll be a little bit more in one than there was in another and you sort of put oh, the jigs okay. together it's yeah. like being Sherlock Holmes sometimes uh, 
Um, well, maybe I don't know. Maybe because they don't know when it's going to air and they don't want to overdo it. Like I, 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 I don't know the works of it. I just know that in general nowadays we're we have to be a little bit more yeah quiet about it. So because another project that uh, interested me, another sort of wacky one was the um, the dog's life one, uh, a new leash, new leash of life. Oh, new leash on life, yeah. yeah. Uh, the Fred and I did. It's a short film made by uh, these two great young guys. That uh, they're in the industry crew and on camera and stuff so they they got some grants and they did this film about this guy who has to put his dog down and his dog speaks so a lot of animal themes going on here mm-hmm. and so fred does the voice of the dog and uh i play the veterinarian so it's but it's uh they're really great guys i have no idea how it's going how it's being edited or anything like that but they were terrific and and keen and it's a very sweet short film so yeah. yeah so does that make you the baddie in piece then a little bit mm. a little bit <laughs> because I, I, that's another thing i noted as well when i was i was researching you and fred get paired up an awful lot and and talking to fred it seems like he didn't actually know that you were in the same things together a couple of instances yeah there's one in particular uh what, out of order yeah we were in that Mm-hmm. He, he, did, he didn't yeah. realize you're in that, I believe. I didn't know you're in it either until now. Oh, there you go. That sounds like a great. I, I want to try and find that one actually. Uh, that and Mole Man. I've been trying to find that. Can't find that anywhere. Well, Mole Man was another uh, short film. We had, Fred and I had done a, a film called The Delicate Art of Parking. Mm. And that's where we first got to know each other. And then shortly after we did that, Delicate Art of Parking hadn't been released yet. There was a, a short film called The Mall Man where the gentleman who was directing it was usually an assistant director. And he had been kind of mentored by this director that I had worked with on an episode of The Adams Family. Oh, yes. Yeah. And uh, Richard Martin and side note, son of Dick Martin from The Laugh-In Show. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh. So he had recommended me. He said, you know, you should get Nancy you know, to come out here and, and play this part. So I didn't know Fred was in it at that point. So I get to set and there's Fred. And we had just wrapped a little while ago, the delicate art of parking. And at that point, we were both on hold for a series. Yeah. Like, what are you doing? What's happening with you? I said, oh, not much. I'm on hold waiting to see if I get this being, you know, on hold for this series. And then we found out it was corner gas. Yeah. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah, that's amazing. Yeah. It's- I was trying to think. What were the other ones? So, delicate art of parking is is. Uh, I mean, I've got it here somewhere. It's a big sort of cult, the cult following to that one that I can gather. I'm, I'm I intend to write about it one day. I just haven't got around to it yet. <laughs> it seems uh, it's one of those indie films that's, that's very popular amongst it. You know, anyone that sees it, so, oh, you're recommending it to other, and it sort of grows. Oh, good. I really must get onto that. There's so many other. I've got this list of things I want to do. And it's just fitting it in, especially when it's not corner gas related, because as much as I love doing it, sometimes people go, eh, and they, oh, that's not corner gas. I ignore that one. It's like, not often, but sometimes. No, no, keep doing your thing. Keep doing, you know yeah. what I mean? If you want to yeah. write about something, write about something, you know? Like, yeah. 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 I'll, I'll, I'll get to that. But there's, um, yeah, so that's why I'm looking for all these other ones. And it's I, I that's my own fault for rigging up my cart to a horse that's 5,000 miles away. Yeah. <laughs> it makes it very tricky sometimes. So when I was over, I, there was this little DVD shop just by my hotel, and I sort of raided it for anything I could find that was remotely 
related mm. like that one that one that one i'll come out with a big pile of stuff yeah the bloke did know it was his birthday i think it took, took, took all my trappers checks oh. <laughs> <laughs> so um so is that yourself and fred almost become like a double act almost do you think that is in the mind of people when they're casting now that they, they no they... i think if anything they want to do they don't want that do you know yeah. what i mean like some of them want it some of them like it and some of them know because they don't want their minds going to what well, yeah, yeah. was corner gas so it it's, works out but fred and i always have a good time mm. and uh yeah we hang out we go for coffees and you know we started off doing a podcast but I was going to ask you about that. Yeah. yeah, but we're like kids, right? It just turned out like, <laughs> well, we'll we're, we're, we're going to probably pick it up again. Like we were doing really well for a while. And then we just didn't like the format. And then yeah. we would just, and then we'd listen back to it. Then we'd be laughing so hard because we thought it was so bad. And so, who knows? Who knows? Uh, what was your premise then? You know, if I knew, I'd tell you. And I think that's <laughs> the problem. <laughs> I don't think we found the right premise. So I don't know. We tried a few things. Uh, Fred invested in all this equipment. and Yeah. <laughs> so let's see if that happens. Who knows? Oh, I hope so. I don't know. Yeah. I know people do ask me about it from time to time. So, have you heard anything? It's I, not I, dead in the water. It's just not happening as we speak. So I think people would just listen to you two talking. Because <laughs> it, it goes off in places. I mean, when we, when we spoke last time, I mean, that... that I was trying desperately hard not to laugh half the time. <laughs> be all professional. <laughs> no, no, you don't. <laughs> never, never. Because I, I think I forget who told me now. Uh, you, you were you looking to do um, scenes from movies at the end. Yeah. Yeah. So that are you still going to think in along those lines? We might. I don't know. We we thought you know we we'd gone back for are we going to take it on the road and and just do it you know be someplace live and do the podcast where we are like not for an audience but just just sitting somewhere having you oh, know, okay. yeah because we we try to meet for coffee and lunch and stuff periodically so that maybe well maybe we should just re, be recording our lunch conversations who knows we we you know we don't know but he's a, he's nice. such a talented guy and he loves hockey like he and and brent just get into these massive hockey talks and everything like that it's uh it's both it's a huge thing for the two of them and and they're both goalies oh uh, yeah of course yeah. yeah oh keep missing i'd love to go and see a game next time i come i'm going to try and be during season I've, I've, i saw one when i I was in the states for quite a while years ago and i saw a game there and it was fascinating it was more like boxing on ice back then it, was, it still kind of is. I don't watch it on television. I don't like to watch sports, period, on television, unless it's like for the big for the big prize. Then I'm kind yeah. of fair weather. I like watching sports. Well, I wouldn't say like it, but I find it more entertaining if it's live. If you're yeah. in the room, you get caught up in it. You get in with the game. You feel more a part of it where, you know, my mind wanders. So yeah. <laughs> if I'm watching it on TV, forget it. Another good I, reason for subtitles. You got to pay attention. Because <laughs> so, my mind goes everywhere. I'm exactly the same. That's yeah. why I do the writing to try and focus. Because I often say to people, it's like in, in here, it's like uh, you can imagine Jerry Cottle's circus. Go, da, 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 da. Oh, yeah. I, I have the concentration of a toddler. <laughs> I do. Like, I just, I, yeah, I don't focus very well. That's why my back needs to be against the wall for stuff. 
oh okay yeah it's I, I can completely relate to that yeah absolutely and I've never been a, a sports person myself but hockey I could get into I kind of like boxing and when I saw the game and it's like most violent thing I've ever seen <laughs> yeah like it could, it's, you know there's some stuff where I look at it it's it's nasty mm. it's it can get that I don't find that entertaining I'm not good with that I don't like seeing people punching each other no, I did. I don't. Yeah, it's okay. It was being Welsh, you see, because I'm Welsh, Welsh heritage, and uh, my dad used to watch things like that all the time. But the most interesting part of ice hockey was I was in Cincinnati, and the opposing team was from Las Vegas, and there seemed to be this thing they all did. So is this where my mind wanders? I'm too busy watching everybody, right. going, things going on around me, and there's obviously home side and away side. But there couldn't possibly be anybody there from Las Vegas. And everyone got up on our side and went, ooh, suck, over there. And they did this little song. And then everybody over there got up and did the same song back. And Surely we're all from the same place, are we? <laughs> this is That's just... a little odd. Oh, well. Awesome. Yeah, they got exactly. into it anyways. <laughs> oh, yeah. yeah. <laughs> so it's things like that just fascinated me. Obviously, uh, everyone uh, on the site loves hiccups. Oh, Yeah miss it an awful lot and i have been able to see most of that how was it being the lead of like a major new project i was nervous you know but i was also excited i was nervous not while working on it you know i just go in and and do my job whether people liked it or not but that's what i did and but when it was being released i was also because and and Fred can attest to this too. We had a lot of pressure. We, you know, as far as like hiccups, the intent was not to air it right after on the heels of Corner Gas. Right. We wanted space between it. The network wanted it sooner than later, like just to keep the momentum going. Okay. So there was pressure because we knew there was going to be people that, and I understand this as a fan of shows, you're grieving over a show that you you know, that you're attached to and you're, you're not ready yet. And um, like, there's a lot of shows I haven't watched the final episodes of because I don't want to see the end. So <laughs> I, so I get that. Yeah. They put us right after in the new season, right in the next season we were out. Right. Uh, they bookended us with Dan Vermeer. So it was kind of confusing because you were getting an onslaught of corner gas cast and asked to be, pictured in a different light and in a different scenario so the timing i think affected it it didn't do us any favors the the lineup i think i i think that we had been i know we were hoping for like could we at least have a a, you know at least a year after the final episode before this gets going so that was more pressure actually than it it actually kind of took away the heat of being a lead it was more pressure of like just the show itself and both of the new shows and how it's coming, you know, right on the heels of the finale of Corner Gas. So that, to me, was more pressure. Yeah. Yeah, yeah Fred said a similar thing about Dan Vermeer. It just the whole the lineup thing just sort of ruined it for both the shows by the sound of it. Yeah, I don't think it did it any favours. Let's put it that way. Yeah, I don't think it did. It was too fresh after the show, after Corner Gas. And I think they needed to separate the two new shows a little bit more as well. Mm. Because then it was, oh, well, there's Hank. Oh, yeah. there's Wanda and, and Brent, you know what I mean? So it's it, it was all well-meaning. And the the premiere of both of those shows, I think to date, is are the highest premieres of a new show because really? of curiosity. Oh, and, I see. Okay. And, but um, they were so high, they weren't sustainable. 
And also we weren't who they were still missing the old characters. But I loved the show and I had and, and I had such a good time doing it. And the cast were fantastic. The crew was fantastic. And, you know, it was all a positive experience. And then the new owners came over and took over the network and cleared out everything that was. Because uh, I think my takeaway from watching Hiccups, uh, not that I didn't know it already, but your performance in, in that is just fantastic. Oh, thank you. Oh, I say this to everyone I speak to. I try not to blow smoke up people's asses. But, you know, just, <laughs> you know, I try and distance myself as a fan as well. I really do. I, I, I worry about that no end because I try and be a bit objective, but it's impossible. <laughs> ah, no, blow away. <laughs> <laughs> but okay, if, if it was crap, I'd tell you, but it's, you know... <laughs> But it was, it's true. I, I just, you're just so good in that. And I wanted to see more. I haven't seen a lot of season two. There was a few bits I caught on telly when I was over, but mm-hmm. where do you think would the show, did there was any plans if you'd got a third season to sort of develop the character more and sort of that you could develop your own performance from it, being that it was so good anyway? We didn't know what was going to happen so I don't know how further we we went went on with this I don't think you'd ever want her to have been Millie to have been cured of her hiccups <laughs> but I mean I think there's so many things more kind of therapies that they could have tried with her um she could have maybe evolved into a relationship with somebody yeah. how that person would have had to adapt to her hiccups and maybe I mean, who knows? You know, I mean, there's lots. Of, and, the, and the supporting cast was so great. There were so many things that could have branched off with that. Maybe Brent and, and the, his character's wife, Anna, could have had a, a kid. Who knows? Yeah, you yeah. know, the kid relates more to Millie. <laughs> you, know, <laughs> it's thing, you know, attention span level and everything. So, yeah, who's to say? You know, I'm trying not to look back at it. I'm not. We were all sad when it when it didn't go again. I wouldn't say surprised kind of when everything kind of changed and everything we were like eh, I don't know I'm hoping that that can get streamed somewhere too I mean it's only two episodes or two seasons which is hard to get people want shows with you know with longevity to make it worthwhile but I mean I'd love it if that could get streamed oh, yeah. somewhere just because it was so much fun and, and happy. what I saw of season two you could see the development and how I would say season two is better than season one yeah it felt like character development the stories were, were really good and the performances were amazing and yeah it just when i when i first obviously discovered the show and was oh no is that it and i get that a lot again like so many people uh, want and they want to see season two as well and that's the thing that most have seen season one but not season two because oh, it's, well, yeah, it's not available yeah mm. yeah well hopefully we can do something about it we were actually talking about that the other day and uh and you know it's just just basically because it's a product that's just sitting there and the streaming you know shows made no matter how long ago seem to have some access and it would be something to look into but it will like i said it's difficult because it's just two seasons but you know series work is difficult i always like there was a period of time where season where where shows were being canceled after one season and i always thought that was a shame for a lot of shows because you've got to gain momentum you know, you've yes. got to, if you like the premise and you like the cast and you like the writing, you know, and say if it's not bowling you over, like give it, give it some room to breathe because they used to do that. Like Mary Tyler Moore, they said, 
the first season and the first show that, that, you know, didn't go anywhere and, you know, and cheers and all these shows that you hear about, but they were, but they were given an opportunity to grow. And, yeah, and it's kind of sad when I see a lot of shows that come out and I go, that's it. You're gone. Yeah. Do you think um, with streaming that they could bring the show back if it's uh, proved popular? Oh, I don't know. I, I don't, I, I mean, I guess anything's possible. I kind of doubt it, but I've always found it kind of funny because Hiccup's part of her story, as you know, was animation. Because hmm. she, she was an animator. Yeah. And, uh, uh, and that, that Corner Gas was the one that was animated because I think there was times when that could have been a possibility. If it had gone, it could have had another life as an animated series as well because that's what she did with the Grumpaloos and everything. Yes, yeah. But no, I, I I don't know. I just kind of like it because it's it's done. We we did it. We had a good time, and it just seems a waste. Like for a lot of shows that are just sitting somewhere collecting dust. Yeah, you know? it'll have like, its day. I, I'll champion it. Don't you worry. Bless your heart. <laughs> bless your heart. <laughs> There's another thing. I, I I intend to do a page on the site and an alternate page just for hiccups and another one for Dan for Mayor as well. So. That's further along the line. Got to keep the ideas for the future so I can keep the sustain the site for as as long as I can. And also save room for your screenplay. Give yourself yeah. time on that. Well, fingers crossed. You never know. I, I quite like it. <laughs> Problem is, as well, I keep I keep finding things like Guy Ritchie's got a film coming out called The Gentleman. Mm-hmm. I, I think bad, I heard something about that. My baddie's called The Gentleman. And as I saw that coming, I was like, oh, damn it. Does it matter, though? Does it really matter? It seems a shame. I doubt there's any correlation other than the name, but I hope not anyway. <laughs> and I, I see, because, because I'm not a writer, I, I wouldn't know what to suggest. I, I don't know. I would think maybe just, well, don't give up on it. That's for sure, yeah. just because of that. And yeah. and even if there are similarities, there's tons of similarities in films that are released. It's just all how it's done and how it's how yeah. it's put on the screen in its own way. So I wouldn't worry about that. You know? <laughs> I hope it's. I just want to learn and keep keep going and um, and move on to the next thing. I had an idea for an odds movie. <laughs> I pictured them as a sort of a, a Scooby Doo. Uh, ghost hunting team. they're all such great guys that that would be hysterical they're they would all be really funny and fantastic in it yeah i i just i don't know like i was trying to i was just brainstorming and like, ah, yeah i don't know craig's shaggy or something like, i don't know that's that but i want to get onto that thing but i, I don't want to do it yet until i've discovered what i've done right what i've done wrong so I can just uh, go, but go back to school, as it were, and start again. Yeah. yeah, yeah. And like you said, it's just the first draft. And I think, you know, from what I understand, just from hearsay, that that's it's just the first draft, and then mm. you then you piece it together after that. And I think a lot of screenwriters screenwriters have other people look at it. Yeah, yeah, and that's one of the things yeah. I wrote, and that's. Yeah. But don't, but you know, just don't let it slide, though. You know, no, no, I, if you're I, working I, on it and stuff, you know, like just, I think just the fact that the first draft, that's amazing. Yeah, like I, 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 I stress over signing a greeting card. So, <laughs> <laughs> so the first draft of a, of a screenplay to me is awesome. <laughs> I, I finished it on the day, got it done, the day, the anniversary of the day that we came up with the idea. 
I wrote that last week. I saw the date coming up. I said, I've got to get this done. And I wrote so I could send it to Fred and say, there you are on, on the day that I found out coriander can go in beer. Wow, that's a big day. <laughs> it was. That's it a was very like, big day. Oh, I, w- I was pissed as the proverbial newt. I didn't. <laughs> <laughs> My kids have got a thing now. That I, I'm not a big drinker. But when I came over and there's all these lovely breweries, these indie breweries and all their own little drinks and all yeah. that. And I got this one and it was orange. It tastes like orange juice and it had coriander and it was b- bizarre. So, oh, this is lovely. That's when I looked at it, it was like 8%. And oh. I'd lit- I would literally just got off the plane. I'd been in town for about an hour. So I was very tired. And then the mountain air hit me when I got outside. I was like, oh, oh dear. <laughs> <laughs> Staggering around, I was. <laughs> <laughs> you were just having an experience i was it was yeah. quite an experience so i had i had to get back to the hotel really very quickly <laughs> before i got arrested or something like that. i don't I'm know i'm just gonna say before your hotel had bars <laughs> yeah absolutely yeah i get my iron cup out <laughs> that's right <laughs> we bake you a cake with a knife in it with a file yeah, yeah fantastic well when it happens next time i'll let you know <laughs> will do I'll bake you a cake with a file in it. We'll get you out. Thank you. Thank you very much. <laughs> so I, mean, I, I must let you go. Thank you ever so much for talking to me. And I oh, really Ian, it. Well, I really appreciate it too. It's been an absolute pleasure. And thank you for all that you do for this show and for Canadian, you know, production in general. And I just keep doing what you're doing and, and keep, don't, it's never too late to keep, you know, get your writing going and everything like that. And we'll talk <laughs> soon and I wish you all the best. So there we are, my little chat with Nancy Robertson there, who was being off the charts, charming and lovely. I really enjoyed talking to her and hopefully we can do it again soon. Now, as I say, we're at the time of recording, we are all in lockdown. We shouldn't be going outside in case we catch the dreaded coronas. So please be safe and sensible, obviously. If you're getting bored, if you've got nothing else to do, check me out on Facebook at, at Corner Gas Fan. That's me. Go and see the website www.cornergasfan.com, and you can follow me on Twitter as at Ian Blogpaper. Different name, long story. I'd be putting out different things here and there, Corner Gas related, maybe related to other things that spin off from the show, like hiccups as we were talking about earlier or Dan for Mayor sometimes I throw in something completely left field but follow me there if you want something to do I'll be providing all sorts of bits and pieces as we go and I should have another episode for you episode 2 season 2 of the Jackass cast in about a week's time when I speak to the amazing talent that is David Story director of many episodes of Corner Gas and the Corner Gas movie and actually has his own music career as well as his film career, which is well worth checking out. So hopefully I'll catch you then. Take care. Stay safe. Cheery bye. (laughs) 